Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Foreign Lady Podcast. It is the first episode of 2021. I am your host, Elizabeth. And the bottom line? We're going to talk about so many things uh, on this episode, so many things that has happened since we last spoke to you, since our last episode. It's been crazy. It's been madness, but we're going to get into it. Uh, This episode, we are going to discuss um, staying positive in this new year, what our goals are, what our hopes are for the new year, how you guys out there can try to stay positive. I know 2021 started with some madness in our country, but we still have to be optimistic and we still have to have hope. So we'll just just talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk about the uh, Soho Karen. That's what they're calling her. She was the lady who... She was the young lady who attacked a 14-year-old young uh, teenager because she accused him of stealing her phone. It turns out she left her phone in Uber, and uh, he did not steal her phone. And then we're going to talk about the madness that happened in our state capital on Wednesday with those rioters, those those terrorists, because that, that's the only word I can use for them. They're domestic terrorists. And you uh, call it insurrection, in fact. You could, you could call it an act of rebellion or insurrection against the American government. Absolutely. And it was led by good old Donald J. Trump. So we'll do, <laughs> we'll talk about all of that. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get started. Welcome to the Foreign Lady Podcast. Listen up, because it's about to get real. Here's your host, Elizabeth. So... How was your 2021? What did you do? How was your Christmas? How was your New Year? What, you know, just tell us how you how you rang in the New Year. I mean, me, I I'm, I mostly did overtime at work, but I did find time to uh, see family, spend time with them. Um, from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's, you know, I found time to just catch up with them and uh, have fun, and that was. That's what was really good about it. That's awesome. Yeah, I did the same thing. I took a couple of days off work and I just hung out with family. You can't really see a lot of extended family um, like I wanted to uh, this year, but got to see, you know, my immediate family, sister, brother-in-law, brothers, uh, my little uh, niece. So that was nice. Uh, spent it with the kiddo. Um, New Year's was a little bit more quiet. Um, was at home with the kid and just uh, saw fireworks from my window. So it was um it was nice and it was like a chill relaxed um uh, uh holiday so that was nice let let's just talk about our our vision for twenty twenty one what are you some of your resolutions I feel like every time I make a resolution I don't really like follow through with it so I just feel like this year I I, I think I started it like a couple years ago where I'm just like you know what I'm not gonna like do a New Year's resolution I'm just gonna try to be better for the new year I'm just gonna right. try to do more things that maybe I wanted to do or, um, you, you know, just not just set like a specific thing for myself, but try to accomplish, you know, a lot, a lot more broad. What about you? Me, I have decided that I want to be more realistic about my environment and the people that are around me. Mm. I want to see their true colors, you know, seeing things exactly as they are, because a lot of times we can be duped, we can be fooled and tricked. And we want to see the best in people instead of accepting that, you know what, this is the image that you gave me and I have to act accordingly. 
And I guess it's just me being a bit more uh, skeptical of people, especially with what we see in the world and how things are going. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I need to see things as they are. And it's actually helped me find a lot more success, like realizing that no one's going to care more about my success or future than me. Right. So I have to be fighting harder than anyone. You know, I have to be my number one fan and I have to have a plan as to how I'm going to navigate things. So it's paid off a lot. It has been a lot of fruit for me to think this way. And again, I didn't wait till New Year's to think it. Until New Year's to have a resolution or waiting until a specific day in the year to better yourself. I think that's kind of a waste of time. If you know you need to better yourself, you do it immediately. Absolutely. Or work on it as soon as you can. Absolutely. So no shame one that does wait for it that does wait for the new year but i think that if you know there's something that you want to fix or deal with you want to do it now rather than later absolutely i i totally agree you know i've um made the decision in my own life that i i want to surround myself and do things that makes me happy not because someone else wants me to do it or or because someone else's feelings are wrapped up in it or you know and anything like that it's just i want to live my life on my own terms so if even if it's you know friends family whatever like if you're not feeding my soul in a positive way we have nothing to discuss like you're not relevant in my life and um I'm just going to keep, you know, continuing that in in the in 2021. It's like I want to better myself and uh surround myself with people who who will push me and who will better me and who will encourage me. And I don't need negativity, you know? And um we just have to uh like you said, you don't need to wait until January 1st to make a resolution. If you're if you decide, you know, I I need to make a change in my life, the way my my life is going right now is not is not the vision I plan for it, then change it. You know, it's it's your life. No one is going to live it for you. I'm doing what makes me happy. And if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. And if you don't like it, then I don't give a crap. <laughs> Bravo, you know, because like, yeah, like part of that means uh, changing certain things about yourself. Uh, exactly. Uh, changing relationships and people, you know. Absolutely. Like some, of the, some of the things that involve like being a better person is, you know, doing better things. Right. Uh, having better influences so it, it all it all it all happens right we all grow and mature absolutely and um especially with the way the world is right now what are you waiting for there's no time to waste because it's just life is just so short like life is just it's it's fragile and with covid and with um with all of the things that were the hate and just everything that we're seeing right now there's no better time to to live your life on your terms you know, it's it's too life is too short to be to live it as a bad person or to live it with hate in your heart, um, to live it with with people that are, are fake or are, are inauthentic. And I was listening to um, this inspirational video and they said um, they talked about how the hardest thing about people is living their authentic life. Being authentic isn't for everybody. And I could not agree more with that statement because it's like it takes such great courage to live your own truth. To be authentic to yourself and not many people right. can do that so um I, i'm choosing to be my own authentic self and if you like it welcome aboard if you don't like it then you know people aren't for everybody so what what sort of advice would you give our listeners for this new year just a quick little word of wow. encouragement for everybody and then we'll move quick on little word of 
encouragement that I would give, and it's something that I give to uh, um, a lot of friends or, uh, you know, people that I get to know. But I always say that on the other side of every struggle is the life you want. So a lot of times we're facing something and we think we can't, you know, deal with it and we can't really go through this fire. But listen, once you get through this rough patch or this, you know, tragic moment, on the other side of that, is the life you want. And right. That's where you want to get to. That's what you want to fight for. So, you know, there's, there's always something there. You just got to keep pushing. Well said. Um, that's great words to live by. And, uh, you know, my little uh, add-on to it would just be be genuine to yourself. Uh, continue to stay positive. Uh, don't give up. Push forward. I know those are so cliche and we hear it all the time, but it, it really is true. No one is going to live your dream for you. No one is going to get, you know, is going to walk your journey for you. You have to do that yourself. And I know things are hard and difficult right now, but you just have to keep pushing and keep believing that it will get better. All right, let's let's move on to Soho Karen. Um, so over the Christmas break, a video came out of a woman named, uh, I think it's Mia Pancetto, and uh, she was in a an hotel in Soho, and uh, the video showed her accusing the son of a, I guess he's a jazz musician, of stealing her phone. And you, in the video, you clearly saw her accusing him of stealing her cell phone and then assaulting him. Like she pushed him and, you know, she she basically assaulted him. People are saying this is, this is what we have gone to know. This is what the protest for the summer was all about. This is, we've seen this with, you know, we got Barbecue Becky. We've seen it with the, with the, um, the Central Park over the summer, like we've seen these videos go viral over and over and over again. And uh, she has finally been um, arrested for for the assault. So I'm going to, you know, start with you, of course. What are your thoughts on on all of this? It really just unveils this conditioning to see black men in particular or black males as the enemy. You know, this this um, inherent distrust of black men, this inherent belief that they're immoral and up to no good, or, you know, they're in the midst of committing a crime. You just haven't caught them yet. They're already guilty. You just don't have the proof, but it's, it's there. You just have to look hard enough. And when it happens, you, you're just a hundred percent sure that he's guilty. He did it. And, you know, I want to say that I'm sad. It's just, I feel like desensitized now. Yeah. So this, you know, this clearly, ha- this happened in the, at a New York hotel she is she was arrested in california they believe she's from california and then you know she was in in new york i guess visiting or or whatever she was doing and yeah this is just i cannot imagine having someone accuse you know my son or my brothers of something that they did not do it is if if you know if the if the dad had not been there with the kid i feel like it would have been so much worse and the way the the hotel handled the situation, the way the manager handled the situation was just appalling to me because why should he why should the, the, the teenager have to produce the phone? Like he has rights. He has he has his rights and she's the one over here making false accusations and then they let her they later found the phone in an Uber. She left it in an Uber. And from what I understand, she hasn't apologized to the family. 
she, you know, she, she did, uh, uh, I believe she did an interview with Gail King that was just a disaster. This just speaks to the sort of flat out injustice and racism that this country was built on and that we continue to see. Do you see anything? I know I've asked you this so many times, and <laughs> but do you ever see this changing? Do you ever see the villainization of black men in America changing? Or do you think this is just embedded in the fabric of our country and this is just how it's going to be. It's just too deeply rooted. It's a problem that's, you know, it, the history behind it, there's too many instances of it. I think I think it's too deeply rooted for it to change. And yes, we're becoming more aware of it, but what happens is that we see these incidences, we point them out, and people are like, yeah, man, that's so messed up. But then, then when things calm down, you know, yeah, everything is reset. We right. go back to that default setting, and in the back of our mind, again, when we see Black people, particularly black men, we still see a, a person who's inherently distrustful, inherently going to do something wrong or bad. And you want to say that, you know, it's because of hip hop or music or certain TV shows that we watch. And yeah, I can't, you know, just look away at that. But these were stereotypes that were embedded long before hip hop came around, long before certain TV shows were on the air. These were things that you already believed about us long beforehand. And we felt like now the only way to survive is to now embody those negative stereotypes. That's the only way we could now survive in this world. We got to, you know, be on TV acting like a thug. And it really is just another one of those moments that's just so disheartening when you see it. Because one thing I want to point out is that this is what happens when they think you did something. Right. Right. That's, that's what happens when they think for sure they're they're certain you did something but how are they acting around you when they're uncertain about you mm. because of course they're not going to accuse you of a crime when no crime has been committed but it doesn't mean they're already they're not already looking at you like a criminal and like i said it's like they're looking at you like you're a criminal i just don't have the proof so in this moment i'm going to contain myself I'm going to give you some treatment, uh, some humane treatment, or I'm gonna treat you with some humanity. But then for me, I'm I'm always making those connections like, you know, what about those moments where they are unsure of you and how that reflects in unemployment for black men, mm. education for black men, incarceration for black men. You know, where black men suffer, they're the number one group to suffer from in all these categories. And it just makes me think like, how much is that playing the back of the mind of people when a black man's, you know, on a job interview? He comes in clean cut, has the perfect resume, says the right things, but he still doesn't get hired because in the back of a, in the back of the employer's mind, oh, he he's he's definitely a thief. But I'm not gonna tell him that's why he didn't get hired though. But that's the reason, and that's what really bothers me. Like, what what decisions are being made about us that we don't know? But it has to do with how they what they think of us. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I don't know who said this quote, but they said the worst place for a black person to be in is the white person's mind i believe right. i believe that, it was, was dl hugley thank you yes it was dl hugley he said the worst yeah, place to like, be is for a black person is in a white person's mind and he is absolutely right exactly he's absolutely because right they're never going to tell you the real reason that they didn't hire you or they didn't you know xyz right they're going to give you the politically correct thing or something that doesn't sound too offensive but in the in their mind in their imagination you, you already know why they didn't they didn't hire you and you right? know just just the mere audacity 
capacity that you know she saw this black family i believe it was the father and the son um according to them they were coming out of the elevator from their room and she just literally picked him out of a lineup and just said he has that you know that looks like my phone that's my phone he has my phone and i'm just like with you know with no due process with no evidence with with nothing and then you you see the manager in the in the in the video not helping the situation at all even actually demanding that the boy produce the phone because if this was the other way around it would have been a whole nother story and i'm just so sick and tired of these white women and their privileges you know and, and it's not all of them let me make it clear that it's not it's not all of them but these women anymore huh i'm sorry i don't i don't even want to say that anymore I, like, it's not all of them like we already know it's not all of them right but it, at this point it becomes a situation where it, it, it's something that you all benefit from right that, like that i need you to acknowledge that and and you know this i think right. we've sort of passed the whole thing of okay you know white privilege is not real it's just you know uh, something that it's it's made up in the black community no white privilege is absolutely real and it's even more real if you're a white woman. I mean, we see it every single day in this country. And, you know, people are already saying, well, you know, she may be, have gotten arrested, but, you know, they're probably just going to slap probation on her and she'll be on her merry way. And she assaulted this boy. She assaulted this 14-year-old yeah. kid. But I think, and I probably have to double-check the sources that they said she is, she said she's Puerto Rican, I think. 70% of Puerto Ricans are white. Absolutely. So anyway, um, the, the whole yeah. point, the whole point is it has to stop. We, we cannot continue to walk around and not only think about and, and think about, you know, your, your fears and, and how to conduct ourselves because it's like, okay, you get it. You're, you're around a group of people, you're a group of white people and you have to, okay, I have to talk like this. I have to walk like this. I have to act like this. I have to do this. I have to do that. And it's like, no, I just have to be myself. Like it's not, it's not my, um, my, my, uh, responsibility to teach you or to educate you on being black. That's not my job. And it, it is your job to learn, to educate yourself and to understand that this, the, the, the basic root and foundation of this. And I'm just, I'm tired of, you know, people saying, oh, this is in America this is this is this isn't what america was was built on or was this is absolutely what america was built on and was founded on so let's just let's just stop talking about that if we're gonna have a conversation then let's have the conversation let's be truthful this is absolutely what this country was built on it was built on racism and free labor from black people I do want to say one thing, you know, and, and not that what you're saying is wrong or about, you know, not all white people are like that or not all of any, not all of anybody is like that. If we're going to be honest. Yes. Yes. But I just want to, you know, but, I don't want people to think, oh, I'm being this or I'm being that. I just want to, you know, differentiate and say, OK, I know but, that it's not everybody, but you got to check yourself, too. Even people that are, quote unquote, woke, you still have to check yourself, too. And you have to realize, OK, what am, how am I contributing to this um, problem? How am I not um, using my white privilege every day and being oblivious? Because if you're being oblivious to it and you're you don't recognize it, you're part of the problem too. You are absolutely part of the problem. Well, what I wanted to say was this, you know, like when I say like how I feel like as minorities as black people, we go out of our way to always remind ourselves it's not all of them, and I think we've wasted a lot of time saying that. Mm. We need to put our energies to other areas because what is done for for me it's it's blinded us to who 
the threat could be, you right. know. Um, Muhammad Ali once said that, you know, if you had a thousand snakes trying to get inside your house and you knew 10 of the snakes didn't mean you any harm, are you still going to leave your door open for those 10 snakes, even though the rest are going to do you harm? He was like, no, you will still close your door. You know, it's not your job to pick out which snake or which person isn't going to harm you. It's not your job to figure out who's going to rob you. Right. right. Who's going to steal from you? But either way, every time you leave your house, you lock your door, you secure it, you know. Right. And at the end of the day, if you're locking your door, if you're guarding what if you're guarding what is valuable to you, the people who are truly your friend, they'll encourage you. They'll even remind you, hey, you got to lock your door. You forgot. The only people who are going to be mad at you locking your door is the people who want to steal from you. Right. So in the, in that same sense, the conversation that we're having, it's not going to upset anyone who's uh, who, who's not trying to keep us down. Anyone who's, who's not trying to keep us down, who's not against us, they're not upset. They're encouraged. They're saying bravo. The only people who are upset when we talk like this is the enemy. It's, it's the people that are the problem. So I'm, what I'm saying is that I no longer want to waste my time trying to figure out who's who's against me or not. I'm going to guard myself anyway. I'm going to keep my doors locked so that my possessions are kept safe. So what is of value to me is secured. And that way I can leave my house and become a success over Carter and uplift and build my community, you know, better myself. Right. But I don't want to waste my time anymore trying to figure out who's trying to do me harm because you'll because it, it's a waste of time. You'll always there's always going to be somebody. And Right. By saying this, we're, we're giving too much of the benefit of the doubt. And like I was saying, one of my resolutions is to see things as they are. Until you prove otherwise, have to assume you're a threat and have to act accordingly. Now, when you prove yourself not a threat, then I might, you know, lower my defenses. But until then, I think it's prudent on us, based on our history, it is prudent and responsible of us to always be on guard. I agree. All right, let's move on uh, because we have a, our, our last topic for today is a big one and I want to give us enough time to, to talk about it and cover it um, extensively. So uh, what happened in our, in our capital on Wednesday was I, I don't even I don't even have words for it. It made me it made me sad. It made me angry. It made me um, I was ashamed and it just it, it also made me um, it, it pointed out the the gross miscarriage uh, of justice and the difference between what we saw with the Black Lives Matter movement in the summer and what these these real thugs and real terrorists did on on Wednesday when they stormed the state capitol with their MAGA flags and their MAGA hats and their Confederate flags and and just destroyed the place and just undermined the 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 democracy of this country. And I I mean I for I literally had the news on all day. All day on 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 Wednesday and Thursday. I I, I could not stop watching. And then on Thursday afternoon I just realized, you know what, this is too much. Like you know, I I am trying to, you know, be in a better um state of mind and be more aware of my my mental health and and you know what my triggers are and and what um you know I'm I, like I, I'm more aware of all of that stuff that sort of contributes to you know me not being the best me that I am and I just started to f physically just be upset and I started shaking and I just was like you know what I cannot watch this anymore because what I saw was just like I said I I, I, I don't even have the words for it um what what did you think when you when you saw that? What what was going through your mind when all of this thing I I was happening? I, I just laughed. Why did you laugh? Because 
because the irony, the hypocrisy, like, you know, because when when they start to revolt, they look at it as benign. These these people are looked at as patriots. They they're doing something patriotic for the country. You know. That that's that's what I why I laugh because the police aren't going to take them seriously because they're gonna look at these people like they're just passionate for America. They're just passionate patriots. You know, we just we just gotta wait for them to calm down and then, you know, they'll just give them a glass of milk, send them to bed, and they'll be okay in the morning. They'll calm down. Yet when it's us, again, they don't have that same level of strength. They're able to pull out the tear gas and they're able the police are able to organize themselves to 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 push back against the Black Lives Matter protesters. But you know, you have people storming Capitol Hill. They're climbing. They're sieging it. It was like almost under siege. Yeah, no, it wasn't almost. It was under siege. These people came with right. weapons and and right. pipe bombs and 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 chemical weapons. I mean, these were actual terrorists who right. who who put the Capitol under siege, and the police did nothing. But yet, when it was the Black Lives Matter movement, when people were were, were the actual protesters unarmed raised their hands and, and says we're unarmed they were hit with with you know sticks they were they were hit shot with rubber bullets they were they were assaulted they they i mean they were subjected to so many cruel they had police in riot gear and you mean to tell me that they couldn't provide adequate security knowing I mean, they knew what was going to happen. They knew that that was going to happen. And you mean to tell me that they were not prepared for that? It, it's mm-hmm. sickening. Yeah. And this is, to me, just history repeating itself. You know, um, we can't afford to let it happen. It's just this idea that when certain white people, and I say certain white people, when they take up arms, it's seen as, as noble. Right. It's but seen as patriotic, like you said. Things. And this is nothing, there's right. nothing patriotic about this yeah and when we do the same when we invoke our rights that we should have under the constitution we're seen as unpatriotic we're problematic we're tearing this country apart and that narrative is is not going to change unless we we take down the whole system if we let any part of the system survive it is going to come back again we have to there has to be a whole changing of the system and then to have it be incited by the president of the United States, like I, I'm, I'm speechless. The people, the Republican Party has enabled this madman for the past four years. Like, I, I don't even know what, like, why are they surprised? This wasn't a surprise to anybody. We knew this was going to happen. It was only a matter of time before he gathered his supporters and, 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 and pulled some crap like this. And all of those Republican um, um, hypocrites like Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell and, and Ted Cruz, all of those people who have enabled this madman for the past four years, this is on them. This violence is on them. And this is why I say, like, it's important for us to see things as they are when this current president says the things he says. It's no longer up to interpretation. He is giving a message to his people to act. I mean, he he literally he, came out and said, "We we we know we love you and we support you." 
democracy is just under attack and how I, I didn't know police was capable of that kind of restraint. I had no idea. I didn't <laughs> I mean I had no idea that they were capable of of, of 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 calming things down without any kind of violence. I am shocked, right? You know, I'm not trying to make light of it because I know a police officer and a and a and, and you know another woman actually from San Diego, they died. They are who they have always been and they won't change. And that's that's what we really have to accept. If there's a strong element in America, they are hardened and set in their ways. There's no negotiating with them. There's no talking with them. They want things a certain way when it comes to the hierarchy and uh, status quo of this, of this country. They want things just in their convenience, in their favor. And what's changed is that we're not being ignorant of it anymore. It's kind of like, you know, having a bully at school, you know, or in, you know, they, they take your lunch money and you're sitting there saying, well, I gave them my money. Now you, they, they took your money. You didn't give it to them. But you want to say your face and say that it was a mutual thing. And I feel like that's what we've done a lot in our history. We've, we've convinced ourselves that, that their hate isn't really hate. And then one day when we finally accept the truth, that this person is just taking from us and we won't let it happen anymore, that's when we see the true nature of the bully. That's when we see them as they are. And there can no longer be any excuses. And when they realize they can't just bully us anymore, they go to extreme measures. And I tell you this, they will, like history shows, they will, they will continue to undermine any attempt for equality and justice. No one was arrested. No one huh? was arrested. I said no one was arrested. Right. No, not one right. person was uh, that I saw I'm on shocked. TV was arrested. I'm not shocked. I'm, I'm not. I'm not shocked. Like I said, this is, they're all part of the same system. They're, all of them, right? They, they're going to make laws to their benefit, and they're going to break those laws at their convenience. And this is why I say, like, this is the point where. We can no longer give any excuses, no longer giving anyone the benefit of the doubt, no more trying to be understanding or, you know, let's re-educate them or maybe they didn't mean what they say. No, we, today we start guarding ourselves. We act and not react. You know, we got to understand they're the enemy and they can no longer hide their, their evil behind being a patriot. We have to see them as they are, call it out. But at this point they they are set in their ways there's no compromising with that kind there's no compromising with that kind of mindset those kind of people it's not going to happen so so now there's talk about you know invoking the 25th amendment or impeaching him so he can't run for office ever again so you know sort of barring him from ever running for office again is this too little too late you know now twitter is 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 in discussions about you know potentially banning him Facebook has has banned him for the for the foreseeable future. Are, are these all too late? He has been crossing the line, and it seems like all his enablers have just been pushing and pushing and pushing the line to the point where it's like, are we shocked that this happened? Now you want to do something about it? Now you are are realizing what kind of dangerous, maniacal, uh, uh, disruptive guy you're you're dealing with? Is this too little, too late? No, because the people that are already behind them, it doesn't matter what he does, they're going to stand behind them. 
and likely, you know, here's, here's what I would say. People are willing, willing to take that risk. That if they want to invoke the 25th Amendment and have him impeached so that he can never run again, you know, it's just going to embolden his followers. And I well, think those are two point, different things. So for the some people are it's sort of a divide right now where the 25th Amendment can only be invoked if his cabinet members and the vice president is willing to to, to take over as president. Or uh, if they're not willing to do that, then Congress can go ahead and, and impeach him and, and bar him from from ever running for office again. So those are the sort of two options that are that are on the table right now. You mean, are, you, are you talking about as far as like a um, timeline, like because it's so close to the end of his term? Right. So they're they're saying that because of what happened on Wednesday that, you know, they're they're not sure, uh, you know, this is just the beginning. And he can do a lot more damage in, in 13 days. So within those 13 days before January 20th, should they either invoke the 25th uh, Amendment or should they impeach him um, and then therefore uh, t- removing him from office and then barring him from ever running for office again, say, in 2024? Um, so those are the those are the the talks right now about about removing him because we and then the other option is him uh, potentially resigning from office but we know he's not going to do that so do you think that I, I mean the the man literally has what is it twelve or thirteen more days left as as president um, so in the meantime before they before he literally burns the country down these are the options that they're 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 thinking of of doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he should be removed um, as soon as possible. Um, you know, I think it'll make a statement, and I think it'll more than likely embolden his followers and also bring them out. I think we need to know exactly who these people are. Let them come out from the shadows because they've been living in secrecy among this country, you know, and again, undermining equality. They've been working in the shadows, undermining our efforts, and then when we would try to point it out, they will call us crazy or say we're complaining. But that's part of their game of trickery, you know, undermine our our rights. And when we notice it, they say we're complaining and we need to just do better and work harder. When in truth, you're not allowing us to do it. But if we can, you know, again, get rid of Trump and it'll force his minions out of hiding then we could take them out in one fell swoop, get rid of them once and for all, or at least hit them hard enough that they can never come back as strong again. They're already out. There's no putting that genie back in the bottle. Even mm-hmm. without, I mean, even without Trump, the, his followers are going to continue to be loyal to him. And that is why a lot of these Republicans um, sort of, you know, hitch their wagon onto him because they know how how um, loyal his 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 supporters are. This is going to continue um, e- even after he has he has left office. If he doesn't have any power, can he do damage? That, that's sort of like the question. If he does, if they take away his Twitter and his Facebook and and and, uh, and the presidency away from him in his in this last couple of days, will that help sort of uh, not calm but reduce the amount of damage that can be done? I think so. I think so. I think um, you know doing whatever it takes to impede him in a legal fashion, the Twenty Fifth Amendment. Right? Like I think something has to be done because. He has continued to cross the line. He's shown that he's 
and he's capable of crossing the line and tearing this country apart. So we have to cut the head off that snake. It's the position that gives him power. It's the fact that he's still president and he's holding on to the, the, those 13 days he has left. You know, that's the little bit of time he's holding on to, that little bit of power he, he has to hold on to before he has to let it go completely. That's why he even said he's not going to even show up at the inauguration. Right. He he's not showing up. He that position, once he loses that power, his base loses power too. He's going to go away into obscurity, and then he's still going to be on Twitter typing typing things the same thing, but no one's going to care because they're going to say, you're not the president anymore. We only listened because you were president, but now I, you, you sound crazy and senile saying the things you're saying. Voter fraud, about how you know they stole the election from him, and all of these lies that he's, his supporters are believing, and this is their reaction to those, to those lies. I think it's too late. This is just my thought because the, 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 because the Senate had the option of impeaching him. What was it? Two, a couple years ago, or, or I'm not sure when they did the, the whole impeachment thing. They had the opportunity to remove him from office and they didn't because of their own agenda, because they wanted to put uh, their own person on the, on the Supreme court because they wanted, you know, tax cuts. They wanted this, they wanted that. So they sort of overlooked everything because he was still beneficial to them. Now that he's put their lives in danger, because it could have been so much worse. Now that their own livelihoods are in danger and their own lives are in danger, now they want to do something about it. Just like the the speech that Lindsey Graham gave when they were um when they were uh certifying the votes, he's like, oh, this is this is where I I I get off the wagon, dude. You were the main one. Who, who were saying that the, the, the election was fraudulent and, and trying to get, you know, the, the uh, secretary of state in Georgia to, to try to find votes. Like, wh- what are you what are you talking about? You know, and, and this is my question to, to you know, to, to the Republicans and to his base is like, is America great yet? Is this is this what like literally is, is this what you wanted? Is this how America is supposed to be great? And, and I, it's funny because um, sorry to interrupt. Um, he had that tweet about if you damage federal property, it's a 10-year uh, minimum sentence. Right. And he was, of course, referring to Black Lives Matter, but now this is your big now doing it. Exactly. And like, there's a whole law about property. it now. So where and are those people? Was trying to get that. Yeah, his own words. He has to eat his own words. Uh, there's another commentary, Tommy Lauren, who said, you know, it's going to be uh, the Biden supporters will go crazy if 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 Trump wins, and I'm like, well, it happened actually the other way around, and it's the Trump supporters going crazy. Exactly. When Hillary lost in 2016, did you see any liberal pulling this kind of crap? No. No. Absolutely. And it, and that is the hypocrisy of the Republican Party. It's like they talk all this, this literally say all the and say all this stuff about oh it's the it's the radical liberal that's doing this or it's the radical liberal that's do-. and you guys are the main one with this propaganda bullshit. You guys are the main one, you know, with your hypocrisy, sore losers. When Hillary lost, we we took our L and that was that. You didn't see us storming the state capitol. And I'm gonna learn. <laughs> 
they're not going to change. I don't, like, I don't know. Like, I just can't be associated with that kind of, with that party. I just can't. And I'm not saying it's everyone in, in that's, that's a Republican that's like that. We, we just had that conversation. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying that the, the party really needs to, they really need to evaluate and look at and look at what it's what it's turning into. It's turning into like a, a cancer from within. It's literally rotten from within. They're no longer the party of family values. So that was just something for them to hide behind. Patriotism, family values. That was just something to hide behind as long as they got what they wanted. As long as the world was like made in their image and the community reflected their needs and wants. But then when you take into account the needs and wants of other cultures, when other cultures want to shape America into their own image, that's when they lose their minds. They can't stand it. And the fact that we're not explaining ourselves, like I think that's the biggest problem. Like we're not even taking time to explain ourselves to them. They really want like an explanation as to why and we're just using our rights. Right. The same way you do. You don't have to explain yourself. You have to explain like you're a grown woman. You have to explain to, to anybody why you want to leave the house and go out. But with these two, we better explain yourself. They're thinking, how dare you? Right. Like the you hypocrisy, know, how, how the hypocrisy of the Republican yeah. Party is just they they blocked the the confirmation of of uh, Mary Garland two hundred and ninety five days before Obama was supposed to leave uh, the the presidency. He still had two hundred ninety five days left, and they barred him, saying, "Oh, you know, they can't do this because it's it's an election cycle." But yet they put in Amy Barrett Cohen thirty days before the election. Anyway. How do we move forward? Where do we go from here? And then we, you know, we, we we'll wrap accept, up. Ultimately, I think we got to accept that they just won't change. They're set in their ways. And, you know, if 2020 has showed us anything, it showed us that things will get worse. It can always turn for the worse. Like, we're thinking, you know, oh, this is the worst it's going to get. And like I said, they give them a glass of milk and they're going to, you know, be sorry in the morning. They're going to be so remorseful. No, like, they, you have to now assume they are set in their ways. And even while the world is turning to chaos, what you got to do is stay in order and have a plan. We got, we have to just have a plan about how we're going to deal with, continue dealing with them in the future. But it won't be with the same dynamic where they hold the upper hand. No, no, we're done with that period. We're done with that period of dealing with them in a way where they get to feel superior. That time is over. And whatever way we deal with them in the future, it, the power will no longer be unbalanced. That's what we have to make sure the power is not unbalanced. So our listeners, one thing I want to say is that um, I don't want to sound cynical, but as I said before, you know, one thing 2020 has shown us is that things can get worse. You know, what happened at the Capitol could just be the tip of the iceberg. And history has shown that we have turned the other cheek. We have given the benefit of the doubt one too many times when it comes to our rights, our rights as Americans, our, our rights as human beings. And we can't afford to let that happen again. We have to guard our rights. They have to be precious to us. And we can't let anyone... Um, Think they think they have. We can't let anyone believe they they are in a position to take our rights away from us or hinder them. 
we've been through, you know, slavery, segregation, Jim Crow, sharecropping, all of those things were meant to hinder our rights. And this time around, right, hold your rights sacred, you know, keep them tight to you and keep them protected. And that's all I want to say. That's awesome. Um, what I'm going to just add is, if this this is especially going to the to the black community, um, if this election cycle with you know the presidential election and the Georgia runoffs has has taught us anything, it is that there is a reason why the Republican Party works overtime to suppress the black vote, because they know that if we come out and we vote, this is what happens. This is the kind of change and the kind of power that we have. And that is why they work overtime to make sure that, you know, that we have hoops and hurdles and and make it difficult for us to vote because they know how powerful our voice is. And I encourage everyone to continue to use their voice, to continue to use the power and, and their right to vote because this country, we, we see the attack on, on democracy. We can see it clear as day in black and white. And there's no there's no gray areas. They are working overtime. And when I mean they, I'm talking about those rebel the, the, those terrorists, domestic terrorists who are working to 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 erase the 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 democratic process that, that our fathers and our forefathers our our, our our ancestors have worked so hard for. And we cannot let that happen. We cannot let them take that right away from us because we know how powerful our voices can be. So I just encourage everyone to just, you know, I know, and it's so cliche, but just stay positive, use your power, and don't let anybody take your voice and your right to vote. Mm. Well said. Well said. This is really the time for the Democrats to show that they're not all talk. You now you have control. Now you have the power. You have the presidency and you you have the Senate and you have the House. You are in control now. So we want to see, especially as as black people, the black community, this is this is your time to 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 show us that you're not full of crap. That that you are going to to move the the, the black community forward in a in a good direction and to move the country forward in in, in a good direction, in the right direction. Now you have the power to do that. You know, it's no longer, um, uh, oh, you know, the, the Republicans are bar- barring us. We can't do this. We can't do that. You can do it. You have the power to do it. So I'm looking for, uh, you know, at the next four years, I'm looking to see if they stick to their guns, uh, um, uh, enact policies that are, that are good criminal and uh, criminal justice reform, that are promote the economy that that gives loans and opportunities to the to people of color. Let's see how they're going to handle it. You know, join us in our conversation uh, on our social media. It's a uh, the Foreign Lady podcast. You can also check us out on our website at theforeignladymedia.com and email us. Let us know your thoughts at theforeignladypodcast@gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Um, we appreciate you. We appreciate you listening. We ha- we're going to have, you know, great shows for you this year. Uh, it's going to be, hopefully, we're going to get more listeners and uh, just more great content for you to listen to. We appreciate you. 
Um, and uh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye now. Thank you for listening to The Foreign Lady. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and review to help others find the podcast too. And be sure to subscribe so you're the first to know when the latest episode drops. Join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram at The Foreign Lady Podcast. See you next time.